Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports. This is the podcast where comedians talk sports. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. Every episode, I'll sit down with a fellow comedian to discuss the crazy world of sports, and we'll also review a 30 for 30. This week, comedian Megan Gailey makes her return. You know Megan from Conan and Adam Devine's house party on Comedy Central. We'll review fantastic lies about the Duke lacrosse scandal. Don't forget to review us on iTunes and check the podcast out on social media. We're on Twitter, at Comedy Sports. Give us a like on Facebook. Comedians Talking Sports. It's that simple. You can find that shit. Also, don't forget, every Sunday we'll do Comedians Talking Baseball, in which we'll recap the week in Major League Baseball. Now enjoy the podcast. Megan Gailey, glad to have you back. How Thank are you? you? I'm wonderful. You're good. All right, cool. I wanted to jump right into this. This is what we do now. We jump right into a Jeopardy style. Connor McGregor, <laughs> who I, I know you're laughing about that. Are you laughing at Holly's barking too? I'm just laughing at all, all of our lives. My dog Holly is kind of growling under the table. I often joke that she's got, there she is. There she goes. Oh, she's Holly, stuck. You wanna, she's stuck. You want to you wanna okay, shut up, Holly? Holly? There you go. Oh, there you go. This is great podcasting right now. Hey, cool it. Oh, cool it's okay, it. It's okay. <laughs> She's got that like Nirvana bark. I call it a Nirvana bark because it starts quiet like that, and then it gets real loud, and it gets quiet again. She also waited. She'd been quiet for take it easy hours. Take it easy. All right, back 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 to normal. I calm I calm my good puppy down. Uh, so the big story is that UFC featherweight champion Conor McGregor has announced his retirement via a Twitter via tw- a tweet. Via I don't know. Why I said Twitter. via Twitter like some old man who's never heard of the <laughs> the famous social media app. Um, Connor says, I've decided to retire young. Thanks for the cheese. Catch yuz later. Yuz, Y-A, apostrophe Cheese is money. Yeah, cheese is money. Cheese is that dollar. How old is he? 27 years old. Oh, Connor, come on, honey. You've got a whole country to care for. Well, that's the thing. I looked it up, and I know you're in the net worth because we talked about someone's net, net worth, worth recently. Yeah, Rich Google, Eisen's. Right? I Google, Rich Eisen, yeah. I Google, I Google everyone's net worth. It's I fun. love it. Well, oh, some of them are completely BS. So there are celebrities who come out and said, like Larry David, has famously said, "I'm not worth nearly as much as they all publish." Well, what's he gonna say? I know, but the reports are that he's close to a billion. And he says, "I'm not near that," but there are facts that Larry from, David like, has tax gotten. Returns. Like, well, but you, not everyone releases their tax returns. That's not public information. I didn't do taxes. This you follow year. politics? I know. I like how you were. You were just like, I'm just not gonna do them this year. And isn't this your most successful year in comedy? Definitely. Definitely your most successful year in comedy. I was a full-time nanny until October. True. All right. Well, then 2016, you're going to have to uh, definitely do a tax return. They owe me money. I'll do it. I'm going to do it, y'all. I'm going to do it. They owe me money. I'm not trying to skirt the system. Look, my 73 listeners, one of them works for the IRS, and they're going to be very upset with you. Y'all owe me money. Probably. You should be happy. Yeah, you get a poor tax. Yeah. What? Yeah, I do. You do. It's an earned income yeah. tax credit or something. My shit. dad always says I'm too poor for them to care. Just about everything, though. Like you would think, relationships, though. You'd think, IRS. but they usually tend to find a way. Who knows? Uh, well, Connor was scheduled for a rematch against Nate Diaz at UFC 200, which was going to be just in July, just a few months away in Vegas, of course. And uh, first, Dana White, who's you know the president of UFC, he came out saying that Connor is not going to be part of it because Connor's training in Iceland, mm-hmm. which is, just sounds boss as hell to me. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you training? I'm training in Iceland, even though Iceland's very green and we Greenland know, is very we we all, ice. We all know Lee Erickson was a real real estate shyster. Listen though, <clears throat> Dana Wait. White for Dana White to say that though, because the reason is he was like he's not going to fight because he's not coming to do promo, and this promo stuff is very important for us. Uh. Then it then Connor also. I don't know what was released first, the, the tweet from Connor or Dana White's statement. 
But Connor, some Joe Joe Rogan, comedian in UFC. Yeah, let's get more white men in on this. Why? Why does it have to be about race? Just, you're just saying a lot of names to me. Dana White is the president of uh-huh. UFC. Joe mm-hmm. Rogan is a comedian commentator. Iceland. Iceland is green, and Connor okay. is in Iceland. Okay, there you go. You followed it. Um, I like how you're really on board with this. You know what I mean? Well, I don't get what. It, so he's probably mad that they're saying he can't do it. So he's like, all right. Fuck you, dude. Bye. Well, I was going to tell you what Joe Rogan's theory oh, was. Okay, good. I, I, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm glad that Joe Chelsea lately isn't around anymore because you never would have been able to do it. <laughs> because uh, when I went with Lisa Traeger to go backstage at Chelsea, the first thing he said was, don't shit on the topics. Uh-huh. Because if you don't care about the topics, why would your audience care about the topics? I care about this topic. Okay, well, you really sound I like I care you about are. Connor. Okay, I'm glad you do. He's, he's a, little, he's a good Irish boy. You should Iceland. love him. Here's what Rogan's theory was, is that it's, he's trolling, he's just doing this for trolling, or maybe because recently a friend of Connor's, I don't have the whole story, because uh, there's conflicting reports, one says it was his buddy, someone who was either Connor's trainer or a good friend of Connor's trainer died in the ring in a UFC fight in mm-hmm. Spain recently. Like Creed. Yeah, like that type of thing. So maybe seeing that... And then realizing, I don't, you know, maybe he's just like, I want to retire young and have all this money and enjoy yeah. the hell out of my life. Which I think, if that's the case, good for you, man. Great. Good on you. Well played. And I know a lot of people out there, your typical sports fan hates this because your typical sports fan can't stand the fact that they can't play sports for a living. So whenever they hear about a guy retiring in their prime, it really revs oh, them up. they're like, why would you give it up? Why are you giving it up? You're going to go out a loser. You're going to lose your last match. He doesn't give a shit. He's still going out with the belt, even though he did lose his last match in Nate Diaz. Winner. Totally. Uh, $14 million is his net worth, though, though some people say it's more. They take more head trauma than anybody. So it's like, I mean, you're already kind of fucked a little bit, Connor. His brain is definite. I mean, he's Irish. So, like, that's a already knock against him his brain is broken and then he's chosen a profession where he gets his brain broken 14 million in fucking ireland that's a lot of money well it's not a third world country but you're right it is a lot of money 14 million is a lot of money anywhere 14 million is a lot mm-hmm. he you know what he could do and he's like a character he can like do stuff he will he's do gonna it. be in movies he's silly he's exactly fun. he is he's silly he's fun he was great for the sport which is why dana white is probably shitting his pants if connor's really gonna retire because he's big gate that's why he was nicknamed himself gate? The Big Gate. Never heard that? He's Big Gate? No. It means he's, he's good at the... The gate is, you know, like at, at stadiums, they have like gate three, gate four. Big at the gate means he sells oh, a lot of tickets. Gotcha, gotcha. It's an expression from like Babe Ruth's time. Okay. Yeah. Thank it's, you. Thank you. I'm, bringing, thought, I'm bringing it back. I just know how much you hate like uh, deflate gate. And so I thought you were... Oh, I, no. I, I wasn't, was doing, like, I wasn't doing a Watergate thing. Okay. I do hate that. I adding gate to everything because it's lazy journalism, you know? And uh, so Connor could easily... You know, he's probably going to open up a pub at t- in the Temple Bar District yeah, of Dublin. Yeah, he'll have his own training center. Yeah, he'll be a gym guy. Or or maybe he really is just trolling everybody. Maybe what he's is, holding out for more money. What does trolling mean? Just messing with people. It's oh, just okay. a new way of messing, you know. But isn't a it's troll internet thing. You're trolling for this information. Okay. Or, you're, or you're bothering people. Trolls bother that, people. Okay, so you know? it's like, but he just doesn't seem bothersome to me. He seems pretty fun. I, I like I him. I think of a troll as like, you should die, you piece of shit woman. You know, and he's just like saying thanks for. You're the thinking cheese. of like the YouTube commenters. Yeah, yeah I I don't know. Maybe trolling's not the right word, but that's what a few people said, and it's just kind of seeped into my brain. Ow. <laughs> really? She just banged her her shin off the corner of the table. It was my knee. Ooh, that's rough. I you'll know. you'll live. 
You'll walk it off. Actually, don't because we're doing a podcast right now. <laughs> Stay seated and, and think happy thoughts. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm always for – I often think about myself where I'm like, if I could just get a big score – I, I would retire too. Why not? You think about yourself when these type of things happen. Well, I think if I put yeah. myself in those shoes, I think if anyone did, they would they would do a similar thing if they could. I just like that. That's where your brain goes. Well, in comedy, I would like say in say I sold a couple scripts and or whatever, and and I had like a nice run of whatever. You know, if you had TV 14 appearances. Million. If I had fourteen million, I would retire immediately. And by retire, I mean just go back to Chicago and do whatever I want and only do – comedy is hard to compare comedy to UFC because comedy I could just – no, because if I did retire from comedy and say I want no part of the industry and all that kind of stuff and I just want to do everything for the love of it and I'll go back to my home in Chicago and live there because that's where, I, that's where I'm happiest. So why wouldn't I go there? I like L.A., but I moved here to advance my career. Mm-hmm. So if I got my career to a point where I didn't need – you know, I don't even want to be like the most famous comedian or anything like that. I just want to make some noise. Well, that's humble so, of you. True, right? So if I just want to make some noise and that noise has brought me a nice chunk of change where I don't really have to worry about money too much, I would definitely go back to Chicago, still do stand-up because I love doing it most of the time, and only choose gigs you'd want to choose and do it that way. The thing is UFC is not, really not like retired. that. You're not really retired, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just doing it for fun. You know? like it does a, You're doing it so you can drink. It's not an excuse to drink. <laughs> It's often, it's often uh, therapeutic. But UFC is not one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm retiring and I'm just going to go, UFC. hey, I'm gonna, let's spar every now well, and then and fight kids. kick each other's heads in. That's <laughs> against the law. But no, okay. he could train kids. What about if he fought like an 18-year-old, very frail kid? That would be horrific. Why would he do that? Wouldn't he go to a bar his, like, and just jack up like okay. a pervert? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, like vigilante. He could become a vigilante. He could be the Irish Batman. Cool. He's got the money. Yeah. You know, I think Shamrock. people would recognize him. Although, you know, that accent with a mask, everyone sounds like no, that no, over no. there. No, no, he can't talk. He would have to be silent. Yeah, because people would be like, is that Conor McGregor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Conor McGregor's Bruce Wayne. Son of a bitch. I don't know why I made the Irish people have to be like a black guy in a movie being like, is that, this this motherfucker? I didn't think that even sound like a black guy. It didn't really. It sounded more like a dude who was just shocked by something. Yeah, like an like, excited really? That's man what on the north side of Chicago. Totally. Do I always sound like an excited man on the north side of Chicago? Uh, or, no. Or a lunatic? Sometimes you sound like a mean man on the north side of Chicago. You know, I've got a lot of range, okay? Oh. <laughs> I sometimes, I'm, say, sometimes I sound silly. Sometimes I think you could sad. take one letter out of that, and that's probably more accurate. A lot of rage? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at you, spelling and undoing words. Well, this is Were the you good Jeopardy. at the word jumble? Uh, I, I'm guessing not, considering I don't even know technically what the word jumble is. Do, does everyone realize that Megan's going to go, this is the Jeopardy portion? You don't know what a word jumble is? There's like letters mixed up, and then you got to figure out what word it is. That's exactly. That's so you know, beneath, you know what a word jumble is. That's beneath is. my intelligence. It's beneath a lot of people. I don't it's like, like eighth grade reading level shit. I don't like shit. newspaper games. You don't, like, you don't like a good crossword puzzle? I'm not good at it. I just they, they take too Look, much time. Well, once you do them, you like know how they're written, and they like kind of use this. I think that's like you can be good at Jeopardy. They say they you, use Ulysses Gold like all the time. But like Jeopardy, it's like there's a way the questions are written because they're written by writer like the yeah. same team so you can like start at, like those before and after ones those are fun you have to like know how to be able to do that and i think crosswords are the same way i mean wheel of fortune that's for any fucking bumpkin off the street though wheel of fortune though is a skill no. i've seen some people do really well at that there's some idiots on that show you think so yeah okay well i mean jeopardy is the same thing there's some people who are just really good at trivia 
And then, it, you know, I mean, you have to be well-read enough to know some of the deeper categories. Anyway, like, are we really going to be talking about who's smarter with Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune? I it's call it the Jeopardy, Jeopardy round because it's like the format of Jeopardy where you just get right into it. And us just get right into it, what you did as a contestant was you told Alex Trebek, I don't like a couple of these fucking categories. That's not what <laughs> happened. I said I love Connor. I feel like I was a very willing and active participant. Sure, but you don't like the UFC because you don't like anything where people are bashing their heads in. No, no, no. I find it very entertaining. I love Ronda Rousey. I like all that. I just, I'm very afraid of fighting. I went to... Can I tell this story? You went to private school. I went to public school, so I'm afraid. Look, I went to a Chicago public grade school, though, before, for eight years, up until eighth grade, before nine years of kindergarten, before I went to an all-guys Catholic high school. Uh-huh. And both my schools were in the city of Chicago. Uh-huh. And so any, even the toughest school in Indianapolis can't hold a candle to an average school in the city of Chicago. I, Joe, I, I don't think know. I'm you making would that up. I'm just surprised. trying to be tough. I'm sure there's some bad Indy schools. I'm I sure you do. didn't have to deal with it too much, though. Yes, I did. Oh, really? What happened to you? Oh, no, no one ever. I, well, you're I, the prom queen, were you not? Or homecoming? Or both? Were you both? No, I was just prom. I was on homecoming, but I did not win. Aw, that must have been really rough. I lost homecoming, too. Because well, me and my friends all ran against each other like a bunch of idiots. The thing that, well, you don't get to, we didn't get to pick who ran. You get, like, nominated. Yeah, we all ran against, well, I don't know if it was a nominating process, but there was 10 people, 10 people get to go up. We were one of them. I was told by some people. We were one of them? <laughs> we, as in my, myself and my wife. Oh, okay, okay, okay. were one myself. of the people, one of gotcha. the couples, I should gotcha. have said. And uh, we lost. It was close. It was close. But I, I didn't know. They released I the had numbers? a friend who was part of the committee for that, and he told some of us. Mm-hmm. Nick Marino won, and he uh, was the only basketball player running. So he kind of had the whole basketball crew and some of these crews. Running. I knew going into it. I said, I'm like, dude. We're a long shot. Yeah, myself, Duffy, John Dank. These are two guys who We're are groomsmen. Split the vote. Two of my groomsmen at my wedding ran against me. So none of us voted for each other. Yeah, it was really, it was, it was poor planning on our end. Yeah. All right, so anyway, though, I, I did want to say that, to, summing up the whole Conor McGregor thing, if he comes back, he'll do it for more money, which then he gets what he wants. I've always liked how he kind of does things on his own terms. You know, he's very outspoken. So if he really is going to retire like this, I'm fine with that. I don't know why. I always, maybe because I hated a coach I had in high school, I always had this fantasy of being like this superstar athlete that everyone loves, and then like walking la- away and then, from the game. Yeah, exactly. And the last season, be like, you know, I'm not playing anymore. And then they're like, why? You're wasting your talent. Fuck you, my talent. I'll do whatever the hell I want. Whoa. Beat it. You know what I mean? What a fun movie. Um, yeah, I think honestly, with UFC, they'll probably get to a point where there's like you can't do it anymore. They're like they'll they'll be. I mean, I think in football that's already started to happen. It's like if you have a certain number of concussions, they're like, whoa. <laughs> Have you have a certain... Hold on. Yeah, I mean, the concussions thing. Yeah, if you get a certain number of concussions, then it's like you have to stop. And I think UFC, I don't know if there'll be like an age limit. Obviously, I don't even think that that's that young for you. You're going to be 35 punching other men. Like, get the f- grow up. You know, like, that's crazy. Some some people go a really long time, that's though. But I know it's, it's a little nuts. Uh, as a sport, it's it's very entertaining to watch. I don't know. I haven't heard. I'm sure people are giving UFC flack, but it's one of those things where you don't hear it like you've been hearing with concussions with football. and Which with, is weird. Well, you know why? Because 12-year-old boys aren't playing UFC. But they're going to start. Once they hit, you know what they do? They high school wrestle or they get into mixed martial arts of any kind. Then they gravitate towards that once they're at the adult level. So you see a lot of backlash for football because football like is children. so indoctrinated in our society from such a young age on. And it is children. 
So you're seeing children get hurt. And you'll see grade school start to phase out football big time. And then you'll only see the high school. And then a lot of public schools in certain big cities, because of budget restrictions, will probably phase off football too. And then it'll be something that you'll see more like um, private, like park district and things like that. And colleges will have to change the way they recruit. But I think UFC's popularity has grown so much that there's all these like dads watching it with their sons. So like even though it's not going to be like, oh, this is a sanctioned child's UFC league, there's going to be little boys that are like, that guy's funny, who are going to like enact this in their backyards. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, same with backyard wrestling. That was dangerous for a yeah. little while and, and things like that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you why. I'm not saying that won't happen, what you're saying. I'm telling you that's why UFC hasn't faced the backlash of it. UFC is also on pay-per-view. I mean, they do have some TV stuff, and they have that show, The Ultimate Fighter. So it's a little harder for the average family to access it, especially with a little kid around, Yeah, I guess too. you have to go to a bar sometimes. Yeah, I'm bars make big money on it. UFC does a great job of promotion, which is why the sport's become so popular. Which is why Connor can't fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got to, you know, you're not going to promote it. You're not going to sell your brand. You're not going to pimp the UFC, Connor. I'm not Dana's going to get upset. Shut it down. They're fucking monsters. I'm saying, I, do, I don't think in 10 years we'll be like 27. He was so young to go. It'll be like, yeah, no, his brain was dead. Yeah, totally. I'll, agree, I'll agree with you there. I, I just think, I think it'd be really sweet if, there, if it was for real. Part of my heart, my. My How heart many wants Irish it to be. athletes do we have, though, Joe? There's a lot of great Irish athletes. Currently? Uh, like, from Ireland? I mean, there's a lot of Irish-American athletes that are great. But, there's... like, he's our star, you know? He is. He is. But, you know, Ireland's doing very well. You know what's filmed in Ireland? Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's good. You know, and there's a lot of other things out the there. The last scene of the new Star Wars was um, filmed on the Skellig Islands. So, yeah, Ireland's doing great. <laughs> Next to Germany, I think they're like one of the top economies in the European well, Union. Well, but they're really a roller coaster because they were like the bell of the EU, and then it all fell apart. Well, they and were then, tied so much in tech, and so when yeah. during our last recession, they felt it big time because they were like the Silicon Valley of Europe. I read this whole thing about how all the computers outside of America, like or outside of Silicon Valley, were being built in Ireland, and yeah, they kind of fell off on hard times during that. Uh, you know what their greatest export still is, though. Is it Guinness? They're people. Oh, yeah, totally. I know, which is such a, an obvious thing if you just open your eyes a little bit. Because yeah. the island itself has, what, three and a half million people? It's about the size of L.A. or Chicago as far as population goes. Uh, it's only the size of maybe Ohio as far as a country goes. If, even if I that. wonder how many sheep. Probably I not. love those sheep. They're so cute. You know, there are several states in America that have more cattle than human beings. Like Montana? Wyoming, Montana, all of them. They have like 3 million cows, but like 500,000 people. Indiana? That's why they joke about them banging their cows out there. Get it? Indiana. I'm calling some of the people cows. I get what you're doing there. <laughs> all right. Um, moving on, though. Uh, I did want to catch up with you a little bit. Uh, how is your sports world moving? Um, the Pacers are the seventh seed in the NBA playoffs, and they're tied 1-1 against Toronto. And the first game in India is tomorrow. Thursday. Do you think they're going to pull off an upset? I or do you think, think totally game one could. was just like, yeah, they got lucky? Oh, no, not at all. I think if anyone were to ask, like, what is a series that could be an upset, I think people would say this one. Toronto? Come on. Toronto's, they're also bad at home. They I, are, like, met a man from Toronto. And the Bulls and he was, like, always like, beat up on Toronto. They, they weren't like, very good. They say that Toronto, like, chokes at home. They have some, I don't know if it's Drake. I don't know what it is. But they, like, panic. And the, and the Pacers are sort of like, 
I think they're better than a seventh seed, too. Well, if there's ever an upset, that's usually the case. Some team that should have been a three or four all year long had some injuries or just didn't play right or didn't figure it out until late. Mm -hmm. There's some teams where it's like, oh, the last 20 games, that's the team they really should have been all year. Who knows? The NBA first round is so predictable. It's know, really one of the more boring. I know. I'm just talking in generals now. Yeah. It's not always about Indy Mega. I know. But that's <laughs> what's, hard going, to compli- that's what's uh, going on in my world. I think there is a potential for a first round upset. All right. You know what, though? I'll root for it for your sake. Of course you should. Because I don't care and I want upsets. Yeah. I, I want the NBA because the NHL playoffs are just way more exciting because there's upsets constantly. Mm-hmm. Like we're in L.A. The L.A. Kings, when they won the Stanley Cup in 2012, were the eighth seed. When they won it the other time, they were a six seed. That's fun. Do they have trouble keeping the ice cold here? You they know? really have to generate a lot. They do. They really, yeah, and that's in, in a drought. People really oh, are like, yeah, what the hell? That's like- you know, Santa Monica has an outdoor ice skating rink in December and January. Oh, that's and like in December a, and January, it's still like sixty-five yeah, degrees that out like here. Yeah, like a bad idea. It's really kind of stupid. Because do indoor an indoor one I can see, but they have, they have an outdoor ice skating rink in Santa Monica. Okay. Well, you know, the rich like to skate, you know? All those uh, East Coast people who live in Santa Monica, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the allure is. Maybe they're trying to be like, we could have fun too. I don't like ice skating. Really? I used to like it. It's, I don't, it's not You know, if fun. you don't do it enough, you're not going to have balance. So every time you do it, it's going to feel like the first time. Well, I could see that being frustrating. Yo. <laughs> Falling's not bad. You, just, you just drop on that butt. No, it's ice. No, I'm saying if you like fall like sideways on your shoulder. Oh, well, yeah, that would hurt. I do like watching like little Who young... falls on their shoulder? Put your hands out. I don't know. I like watching like the young girls that are good at it, though. Figure skating? Yeah. Okay. I think that's fun. <laughs> and it's kind of good. No, but like not on TV, like at the public rinks. I'm like, look at this. Oh, uh, so while you're catching shot. a breather and holding on to the sidewall, you see a little hotshot kid yeah. stretching out and doing the spins? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, that's fun. All right, moving on. Uh, we're caught up with Megan's personal <laughs> life. There we go, everyone. That's it. I like young Asian skating. You didn't say anything about them being Asian. They always that's, are Asian. That's a new twist. That's a well. I mean, that's like a fine stereotype. Do you find it ridiculous that our new neighbors don't know how to park their car? Have you noticed that? I have not. And they're and Asian, I, and I I, fuck, I, I hate, have not noticed it, and I refuse to comment on it. We hate that stereotype. We hate all stereotypes. You and I feel. No, like. I don't. Some of them are fun. Some of them are fun, but when you see someone like, come on, like. The Asian driving stereotype is so hack and cliched, but have you ever had that when you're driving and someone drives like an asshole and you look and you're like, oh, really? You had to be? I've never not had that. You know? It, yeah. It's you, you know, or when you hear about like a, a crime on TV, you're like, please don't let it be a black guy because you don't want it to be because you, you know it's going to feed into like racist stereotypes. So anyway, that's our social love, commentary for I the podcast. I love when white people commit crimes. I do too because it evens things out yeah, a little bit. Because then it's actually about the crime and about like why they went to there instead of it just being like, because he's black. You know what I mean? Like, which is what horrible people say. Mm-hmm. All right. Hopefully nobody commits crimes. Mass white, shooting, black, Moses. Asian. Please be white. Please be white. Dutch. Please be white. It's always white when the mass shooting, though, for the most part. Oh, unless it's, well, there's been a Muslim. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Wait, 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 wait. Totally white. All right. Basketball. We're on the thread of basketball. I wanted to segue nicely in, from your little prediction of your pacers upsetting the raptors raptors are a cooler name by the way tom thibodeau former chicago bulls coach is nearing a f- i know you do I hit myself in the face with the mic you are banging your knee on things you're hitting yourself in the face with mics i, I think you need to get it together with mics a lot every like a lot of times i'll take it out of the um, holder like on stage and it'll just whack me in the teeth <laughs> it's, it's all it's an occupational hazard Okay. 
<laughs> Tom Thibodeau is nearing an agreement on a five-year deal in the $10 million range annually. That seems a little high to me. Annually? To become the co- oh, coach. Hold on, hold on. Coach and president of basketball operations. That's a dual title. You, that get, you get a little like bump a for lot. that. For who? Milwaukee? For the Minnesota Timberwolves, league sources told ESPN.com. Uh, Thibodeau uh, was the Bulls coach for yep. many a year up until before this season started. I liked him. Everyone else hated him. People, including Derek actually, Rose. the Bulls were pretty split on him as a fan base because I know a lot of people were very upset. At least my Twitter and social media, and my Facebook and social media as a whole, really blew up the day they let him go. The players hated him. Not all of them. Noah loved him, and that's why I think Noah, who's a free agent, will probably find his way up to Minnesota. You think he's going to like that after all the shitting he did on Cleveland? Well, if he's back with Daddy, you know what I mean. I don't know. Minneapolis people rave about though. I, I don't know if that's fair to compare to Cleveland. I don't think his bitch or his his gripe bitch. about Cleveland. I, don't, I meant to say I don't think his bitching about Cleveland was related to the weather. I think you're thinking Joe Kim Noah wants to be like in some warm weather place. No, or? I think he wants to be in a very cosmopolitan place. I don't know. I think Minneapolis fits him. Mall of America. Why not? Okay. Where Prince is from. Minnesota? I'm just saying that um, I think he would prefer Chicago as a city. Yes, of course. But he might follow Thibodeau because okay. his minutes were down. He's banged up. Or he might. Here's my theory about Thibodeau. And here's why I was okay with the Bulls letting him go. He's a great defensive-minded coach. Gets a lot out of his players. But he manages the regular season in the playoffs very differently. Some people say he just had the bad luck of running into LeBron James consecutive years in a row. In and the that's Rose why injuries. he lost. And- in the Rose injury, Sure. But the fact that you lose to a lower seed three years in a row, I think that's on you. I'm okay with the team going in a different direction. Uh, the fact that his players aged tremendously under him. And, by the way, the Rose injury, his fault. Mm-hmm. I blame him for the Rose injury. You were up by 18 to 20 points in that game, and there's less than a minute left. Why is your superstar out there who already had a season in which he was up and down a little bit? Now, granted, that was the big injury that put him out for the whole next season. But throughout that season, he had a couple little flare-ups. Nothing big, nothing that made anyone think, oh, this guy is going to be injured every year. He's made of glass. His his suit is going to be his new playoff uniform, right? No yeah. one really thought that. So that kind of on him. He ran players into the ground, and that's it's one of those things where you can't be running a seven-man rotation in a January game. Um, Nick Saban gets this criticism a lot, too, for running Alabama players into the ground. But his difference is he wins, and then they leave. Like, there's a time limit yes. on how long they can be there. So it's like, yeah, yeah, he he runs all the running backs into the ground, and then Trent Richardson goes, and it was a fucking nightmare in the NFL. So it's like no one's really, like, mad at him at Alabama because they're like, okay, well, we got what we needed out of it. My favorite thing about Thibodeau is that he isn't married. I love an unmarried coach. Because you know he'll be watching game film. <laughs> and I think he's not married because of coaching. Like, no woman could hold him down. Basketball comes first. I think he's just a crazy. I think he's crazy. I think he is, like, a intense, intense workaholic. So uh, I yeah. think that he, like, I, I think he wants to win in a way so aggressively that the rest of his life is, like, totally on the back burner. I think this is I a, love that. Sure. No, I respect that, too. I like the people who are very honest in their personal life. Like, the, I always respected Derek Jeter. People are always like, why don't you get married, Derek? And he's like, because I well, like he sleeping was, around. He was busy. Yeah. I don't think Thibodeau's is busy. I don't no, think I he, don't. But I don't think there's Thibodeau gift baskets when you have sex with him. That's true. I guess coach and player are a little differently. Portillo's? Though. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where he's living now. Um, well, he's going to be living outside of Minneapolis. He I know, probably but I, hung, no, you know, I, I think he, he sold it. He probably went back to his whatever where he's from. Where's he from? Massachusetts? I, don't know. I mean, I, yeah, he was in Boston before, but I don't know if he's from there. I don't know if he's from there either. Thibodeau sounds like a New Orleans boy. Like he'd be a well, Louisiana yeah. guy. 
I don't really care where he's living, but I do. I will say this. I will say What's this. his dating life? Has he been dating? Has he just been watching Is tape? he on Match.com? Is he on OkCupid? He Maybe Christian be. Mingle. There's like a very intense Tinder that you have to like be um, like vetted and accepted for. It's called like Raja or something. No, that famous person Twitter or yeah, famous yeah, yeah. person Tinder. Tinder. I, I wonder, forget the name of it. I wonder if Thibodeau's on that. We, uh, I think it's Raja. It's... It's something with an R. Or am R. I saying like a Lion King You're character? You're saying the the lion or the tiger from Aladdin is Raja. Right. Okay. But that's what I want it to be called. I was in Disneyland a couple <laughs> weeks ago. That's how I know that. Although Aladdin, very underrated. And they, it was not representative enough at Disney Aladdin, World. Aladdin's so good. Very good. I was going to say this about Thibodeau. I, I will give him credit. I think this is the right move for him. The fact that he's going to be president of operations and can oversee a lot of things. Uh, he's a great defensive-minded coach. He'll have to pair himself with an offensive-minded coach. Minnesota has a lot of young talent to be really excited about. Who's on that team? Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, great big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he plays big man well. But the thing with big men is you can't really play them more than 32, 33 minutes a game. So he's going to have to watch that, Tibbs. I know, I know but he if, likes you have, to... if you have three names, you're fine. Oh, sure. Wiggins who's looking like he's going to be an elite wing player for the next decade, Mm -hmm. which shows that LeBron James is a terrible GM. So he's going to get to sort of like mold these people into men, so to speak. Sure, but they they really have a lot to look forward to. Zach Levine is another guy. Levine, is it Levine, Levine? I can never remember those. Uh, He looks like he's a great player too. They've missed the playoffs the last 12 years. I think Thibodeau will... shit. Yeah, they've been bad. Since like early 2000 Garnett days, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's been a while. I think Tibbs would be the right guy for them as long as he learns from his mistakes of what he did before. Well, he's not going to be, he's not going to have superstars that he, I mean, I think his major issue in Chicago was the Derrick Rose injuries, and then it fractured Thibodeau between the Derrick Rose camp. I think that after that, like, publicity got out about that, that they didn't get along, or even, even if it was untrue, that, like, you would turn on talk radio and that's all they would be talking about. Yeah, and there was reports about Jimmy Butler not really liked him because right. he didn't play a lot of young players. He <clears throat> barely played Butler early on. I think what really hurt him with the front office was they traded up for the lottery pick in which they chose Jimmy McDermott, and he barely played McDermott. Mm-hmm. McDermott was hurt a little bit, but he still barely played him when he was healthy. And I think as a front office, you're going to be like, why the hell did we change, trade up for a lottery pick if you're not going to play him? Yeah, he that didn't like the front thing. office either. Was this... It, was this still Paxson? Yeah, no, Paxson's still there. Why do I know Paxson so still much there. about the My dog just tried to lick your I'm armpit. I'm so sad I know L- so don't much about lick your armpit. the Bulls. It really makes me upset. I well, you I lived don't. in Chicago, so... I know. And they're one of the most popular NBA franchises in the country, in the world I even guess I still. don't know that much. Oh, in case you're wondering, too, I, I did throw... I'm looking at Wiggins' numbers, man. He's, he's going to be something. But I, I made a dig at LeBron James being a bad GM. What I meant by that was when LeBron came back to Cleveland, he told them, I want love. And so they had to trade Wiggins for Kevin Love, which Maybe was a horribly he, dumb move. What if he meant Don't play like, devil's advocate with me, Megan. It was dumb. What if he meant like love, love? Trade for love. Love, love, love. You know, like Beatles love. Like Beatles love. Okay. All right. I can get behind that. I'm on board with that. <laughs> and then Kevin Love shows up and he's like, no, 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 no. I meant a hooker. I didn't mean this, this, fucking, this fucking this surfer boy white, uh, white Remember when he used shit. to be fat? Kevin Love? Yeah. He, he was, was a little chubby. Yeah, it was fun. Now, but he's, now like he's got like a babe. looks like a volleyball player. He's a babe. He's a handsome fellow. I'll give him that. Love had a big game the other day. The thing with Love to me is I just think I forget about him. He was one of well, he played in Minnesota, and he's one of those guys that hit great numbers in Minnesota because somebody has to get the points and rebounds. So you're gonna light it up a little bit. Mm. I just think Wiggins could have been that Scottie Pippen to LeBron's Jordan, and then he made a mistake by pushing him out. All right, uh, another big story right now with Chicago ties. I wanted to go over my NHL bracket real quick, then I'll talk about. 
uh, one of the Blackhawks players, one of their scrappers, is in a little trouble for something he said on the ice in last night's game against the St. Louis Blues. Right now, Dallas uh, looks like they're in control over Minnesota. They're up two games to one. Uh, Anaheim won a game. I did. This was my upset. I picked Nashville to upset Anaheim. The Predators. Yes, the Predators to upset the Ducks in the first round. A lot of people thought I was crazy ugly for that. Ugly mascot. Predators, they got ugly uniforms. The Predators took the first two games, and then Anaheim won last night. So it's 2-1. Uh, Kings won to come to – they were looking like San Jose was going to sweep them. Uh, the only runaway series right now is the Capitals who are going to look to take out the Flyers, which is great because nobody really likes the Flyers. I think Philadelphia is a sports city. People everyone just love hates, to dump on. Everyone hates Philadelphia as like a city city. I've never been there. I've been. Um, it's fine. There was poop in an elevator. <laughs> really? Yeah, just poop in an elevator. And you're like, okay, well, great. My first There's apartment There's the building. Liberty Bell. Super. Done it. Check. Thank you. And that's it? You weren't impressed with the city overall? I tour- I really thought I was going to go to Villanova. Really? I don't know why. I really wanted to go to Villanova or George Washington. Those were like the two schools I was like, yeah, which is like such a waste of money. And I'm so happy I didn't do it. You just scream Big Ten to me. Wow. Megan went to Purdue, How for offensive. those of you who don't know. Um, is that offensive? <clears throat> I think so. Why? I think of the Big Ten as sometimes sort of the stereotype, as we were talking about. That's what I mean. Being a little um, dumb and trashy. <laughs> is that just because we lived in Chicago for so long and there's like Big Ten bars and you think about like all the lushes that no, have those bars? No, because I think if you were is like... Is that a national thing? I think Yeah, I think if you were to ask like the Big East or the SEC or anywhere, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's like the dumb, trashy people. Okay, Obviously well, not. There's Northwestern, there's Michigan. Like there's No, there's those are two of the top 20 schools in the country. Yeah. But overall, I think of just screaming Ohio State fans. I could see that. Ohio State fans have definitely, especially in the last 10 to 15 years, have like... And now we have Rutgers in Maryland. It's like, get out of here. And Nebraska in football? I like Nebraska. You okay with Nebraska? Of course. That's like fun. They should have been in the Big Ten. It's like how Notre Dame kind of should be. It's like enough. Notre Dame should have been too. I agree with that. Playing as an independent. I mean, it's just a money That's grab thing. That's what they thing. want. Yeah. The thing is, though, I've realized living in L.A. is that so much of the things that I thought everyone gave a shit about nationally in Chicago, people don't. Like, for Like instance, a lot of the Notre Dame-Michigan rivalry stuff and a yeah. lot of like things like that. People are like, people don't overly hate Notre Dame or overly hate Michigan in L.A. the way they do in any Big Ten city. Well, because this, the way is, a they much, do in Chicago. this is a lax sports town as well, though. Yeah, but even, but at mean, the, even well, college fans. football, they're not. The USC UCLA game yes. is like there's brawls. It's insane. It's an event. Cool. That, but I you like that. you talk to a diehard college football fan that's like a USC or you know UCLA fan, they'll be like, oh yeah, I guess are Notre Dame fans dicks. Uh, I mean, we know Notre Dame. We're annoyed that they're always on national television, even when they suck. But so we it's like don't really, they it does it's, it's a non-event like, for them. It's, it's a how, bubble. People are in bubbles in different sections of the country. But I think if you were to ask a Notre Dame or Michigan fan, like, oh, do, what do you think about UCLA USC? They'd be like, I don't. You they know, probably don't, everyone, or they think Hollywood, screw yeah, USC, you know right. what I mean? They're overrated, too. Yeah. That kind of thing. It goes it goes back and forth. Reggie Bush. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, well, because when I said you look like Big Ten, I didn't mean it as an insult. Because when I think Big Ten, I don't always think that's an insult. There are some Big Ten. Like, if I said you, if I was specific, if I said you look Ohio State, Ew. then that's an insult. Yeah. If I said... Purdue is kind of... It's, especially since I knew women before you, before I met you who you went to Purdue. You knew women before me? Who went to Purdue. <laughs> Thanks for not letting me finish the sentence. But that's fun. Your way is fun. It was was a fun fun start. I know. It was good. Uh, And they were cool. They all became teachers, though. Purdue is... Is a big teacher school? I know. uh, Engineering, right? Engineering, teachers, a lot of farming. Purdue, I think, is sort of a a little bit of an outlier in the Big Ten. Not Not as academically, like, as Northwestern or Michigan, but... 
also our sports aren't that good right now. So. I know Michigan's a great academic school, but if I were to say you look like you went to Michigan, That's I, an I exactly. But if yeah. I said you look like you're Northwestern, I'm calling you a nerd. Yeah. Because Northwestern, I think, is affiliated with nerd culture in the sense that the campus itself, although it's gotten a lot better as far as nightlife goes, had no nightlife no. at all. It was yeah. just like, what are you doing on Friday? I'm going to the library. Yeah. That's how Northwestern kids were. My cousins would, and they were like fun party boys. I mean, one like you know, played baseball at Northwestern and the other one was like in a fraternity and they like came to Purdue and they were like, this is wild. I'm like, that's, it's not, it's really yeah. not that wild. Illinois and Iowa to me are in the same vein, but... To me, growing up, Michigan State and Wisconsin were kind of cool. They are cool. They are cool. Madison's such a Michigan fun town. Michigan State's a little trashy, but I don't know the town that well. But as far as uh, like sports go, yeah, sports I'm like that's cool. cool. Michigan yeah. State's cool. Spartans. Um, I, I just I know like some like kind of trashy Michigan Magic State. Magic Johnson. Madison is probably the coolest. Yeah, Wisconsin's just cool because that's like a good academic school, um, very good athletics, and then also party. Yeah, and it's like kind of. I, idyllic looking up there. Yeah, this, idyllic? that idyllic. works. Some things, though, it depends how you view them. And I'm sure this goes this way for you know people listening for schools wherever you grew up. But I remember growing up thinking Marquette was real cool and DePaul wasn't. They're the same school. DePaul yeah. and Marquette are the same school. I think DePaul's cooler, actually. See, it depends where you grew up, though. I grew up in oh, Chicago. Mar- okay, gotcha, gotcha. But DePaul and Marquette, they were both Conference USA schools at the time I was growing up. Now they're obviously not. And... And it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, Marquette just seemed different to me. Where where DePaul was just, there was a school. I mean, it was, I didn't hate DePaul or anything, but it just to me was like, if I heard someone was going to DePaul, I didn't think that was sexy. But yeah. Marquette sounded sexy because it was like, oh, you're going somewhere else. <laughs> you're going Even to you Milwaukee. Get old. Yeah, I know. You get old and you're just like, oh, it's Milwaukee and it's near a casino. Um, who, I do, who gives a shit? I do like Madison and I will be headlining comedy on stage July 16th through 18th. So go back to the last two minutes and hear how much I love it. Beautiful. All right. Now this story, uh, I was talking about the hockey playoffs, and we, I will be talking a lot more hockey as the playoffs go along. But in the first round, I have really felt like Nashville is the only one to bring up right now because I'm looking awesome by calling that prediction. Uh, the Capitals are looking so strong, they're probably going to roll through the East. The Blackhawks, though, are now down three games to one to the St. Louis Blues, uh, a rival of theirs. Oh, no. I know. It's a bummer, especially since I really don't like uh, the St. Louis Blues because they're a fan base. Or that the seems city that- of St. Louis. There you go. There's a fan base. There are fan base there that seems to act like they've won several cups when they haven't won shit. I really don't understand how certain fans could just have that chip on their shoulder. They're one of them. I'm glad you lost your football team. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying because I, I can understand if you're from a proud story. It was almost like this with Chicago White Sox fans or Chicago Cubs fans. White Sox fans always acted like they were the 27 Yankees. When it's like, no, you guys aren't. And so when they finally did win a World Series in 2005, I was like, this is my personal hell. Because even though they <laughs> were just... Validated. Now it's validated. They were just as bad as us. Both teams had won two World Series in a 100-year span, and now they've won that third one, and now they get to talk shit. So if the Blues actually do... I don't think the Blues are going to win the Cup, but if they were to this year, that would be really bad. You know Donald Trump's getting elected president next, because that's just all the bad things are happening. Andrew Shaw, who's known as a real scrappy guy... Kind of took over the Dave Bowen role in the Blackhawks of being like that third line guy, not as good Rough. defensively, if you ask me, or as clutch as Dave Bowen, but a fan favorite nonetheless. Terrible penalty last night, really uh, hurt the comeback. Real cheap, dumb shot. He ends up, you know, you could kind of blame him for the loss in a lot of ways. He hasn't been playing that great. He's going to be gone next year. He's a free agent. I see no way in which they bring him back. He, during a, during a little scuffle, actually, I, I want to sound like an old man, called another player. I'll say it. He called him. He called him a fag, uh, and which we no one condones that word. It's not right at all. Uh, 
do you think he's going to get suspended for that? Probably. I think the NHL. I think they definitely will. Nothing has I think been. I think that's like a very um, sensitive thing, as it should be. And if they, if it's like, I haven't seen the footage, but if it's like obviously, you know, mouth reading, you can tell that that's what it is. He's well, going to get suspended. Def- yeah, I mean. He's going to get suspended. So, because the NHL doesn't want to look like they're um, fine with that. Sure, and the Blackhawks as an organization recently reinstated a guy who um, did revenge porn. Yes, you read about the story. A girl, he wasn't even—I don't. It was so confusing. I had to read it like five times. But this is like their affiliate in Rockford, the Ice Hogs. <laughs> I once performed at a bar that was like the um, official Ice Hogs hangout. Was it that whiskey place? <laughs> I don't know. It was a because there was a bar, whiskey roadhouse in Rockford. Was a spot it was I did a some shows. No, at. I don't think it was that. Okay, I'm big in Rockford. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, Shaw was seen screaming on video. Uh, I'll I'll just say just it. Don't I hate say it again. It. Don't say it again. No. All right. We, fucking just... expletive. Fuck you, basically. Uh-huh. So he's basically saying, "Fucking f a g." Fuck you. And uh, yeah, so and you could pretty much see it. He's screaming it from the penalty box. Yeah. He had the camera right on him. He had just thrown some water bottles, you know. Here's his apology. I'm sincerely sorry for the insensitive remarks that I made last night while in the penalty box. When I got home and saw the video, it was evident that what I did was wrong, no matter the circumstances, Shaw said. I apologize to many people, including the gay and lesbian community, the Chicago Blackhawks organization, Blackhawks fans, and anyone else I may have offended. I know my words were hurtful, and I will learn from my mistake. I'm glad uh, he put the gay and lesbian community first. <laughs> if he would have done Blackhawks, Blackhawks fans, NHL, and then gay and lesbian. And, uh, you know, some, uh, of the, some of the queers and homos I've said. That's just like, I, 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 yeah, man, just say bitch or say, you know. Will his apology be greeted warmly is another question I have for you. I don't know. I don't know how many people, like, this is one of those things where it's like, how much do worlds overlap? Like, is it the people that were offended by this, that it, it may, that may be, it may not be like this wide, like these, a ton of like super, super, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm saying. No, I, I what understand saying. what you're saying. Is there, is there going to be, I know, I know, I know what you're getting is it at that, basically. Is it a big enough? Is it a big enough story that in game four of the playoffs in the NHL on a Tuesday night, is this going to make the rounds to the point where it's going to upset everybody? At the same time, there was a primary exactly. going on and all these other things. You know, social media works. It's a story for 12 hours, and everyone's outraged by the next thing. Um, again, I think what he said was completely wrong. One of those things where I think he should be forgiven, though, because in the heat of the moment there, when all that's at stake, you're going to say some bad things. Do I think Andrew Shaw is a homophobe? No, I do not. Maybe. I, I don't know him personally. <laughs> I've met him once, actually. He seemed like a nice enough guy, but I don't think that just because you automatically say that word that you are a homophobe. The guy he might have been calling might be a guy that he thinks is a homophobe. What's the worst thing you could call a homophobe? Gay. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's what he did. I'm not saying that's what the stake was, but I know when tensions are high... And I think we need to always be looking to evolve as a, as a society. It's still, there are still some guys who will say that word. I don't, you just have to remind them, hey, that's not a cool word to say anymore. Especially in sports. They don't, they don't realize. I think, in, I think in sports it's especially sensitive because there are no, it, it's, it, it, they, they are not handling it well. No one, no league has done a good job, and that's well. The NHL was for a while, but like, they were the first one to come out that commercial. If you could play, you could play. That's all that matters. And they were the first one to have actual <laughs> active players 
at gay pride parades. But, we took the Stanley Cup to the gay pride parade in Chicago every year we've had it. But there are NHL players that are gay. They're just not out. They're just not out. Sure. So there must be still something that they don't feel like they could be out. And whether that's outside of the NHL, whether that's just like societal, they're in Canada and they're like, ah, oh, they're wrong. I mean, Canada, they're Canada's fine. Canada's pretty cool, yeah. Um, but they're, so they're, they've done maybe better than the others, but they still haven't done enough where their own employees feel like they can be out in the workplace. Okay, that's a fair point. I just think his apology should be greeted warmly. Um, and if anything, talk to him about just, he could be a leader in this. He could be someone who could talk about like, listen, I, I, it's not a, like I was trying to say before, there are a lot of good people who will slip up and say that word still because we were all products of our environment for so long. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a, a bad word to say until I was like 21. 22, you know, about 10 years ago. And then someone was like, yeah, keep using that word. And I was like, <laughs> and then I processed it and I'm like, oh shit. I looked around, yeah. I'm like, oh, none of our gay friends are around. And then they were like, well, that doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, you're right. I, that's There's just a word I'd been using for a long time. Not ever thinking I would call a gay person that, you know what I mean? It was just yeah. a word you'd call another guy or anyone even jokingly. And there's people that still like feel that way you know that probably still do that i think any sincere apology where there wasn't like bodily harm inflicted on someone like yeah if ray rice it like came out with a sincere apology i'd be like go fuck yourself sure but like if you said something and you are sincerely like sorry for it and i think all of those apologies should be but that's also i i can't like if, if it's not, I don't get to decide because that's not, uh, it, I'm not Who the does one being get to offended. decide though? Probably the LGBT Okay, community. because they, Jonah Hill, and I had a theory about this. Jonah Hill said it in a, in, a, in a probably more angered way than Andrew Shaw towards some paparazzi and stuff like that. And then came out with like a teary-eyed apology on Fallon the next day. Mm -hmm. And all was forgiven there. And I can't help but think it's because Jonah Hill is kind of like, I don't know. You know, a guy in the art community, being an actor, uh, kind of like not an alpha male looking guy, chubby looking dude, and he was even, forgiven right away. I think he's even more at fault because it's like you definitely should know better. But they, he wasn't I greeted know. that way. But I think it's not. It's up to the people who are being offended to decide if they're fine with it. But is I agree with that, sure. But isn't there kind of a double standard where it's like, okay, meet at hockey player says it's screw you, you're a bad guy. We're gonna keep protesting you. We're gonna we're gonna yeah, hound no you one, until that you hasn't get. Hasn't happened. Well, the story's six hours old. Okay, but you, know I, I mean? you have to wait to see if that. Sure, happens. I'm saying if that happens okay. though, we're working with hypotheticals here. Uh, wouldn't that be a double standard though? Why is it that the actor gets to be get to say a horrible thing and then it's like, oh, all's forgiven there. But then if if it goes down this way, wouldn't that be would you call bullshit? Can I get you on record saying you'd call bullshit if it goes down that way? I, I don't know why I'm saying on record like this is any kind of thing I, that matters. I would, but I also just still feel like um yeah, I still think that sports is more culpable right now. That that they have more of a microscope on them as they should, and they haven't done a good job. So it's like, yeah, people are gonna be more critis critical of them. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. You don't have to be sorry. That's your opinion. I, I just don't. I just think Hollywood has a bigger voice than the world of sports. I know. I'm still mad because those four NFL players that were going to come out. This was a story like four years ago. Yes. No one cares about it. No, I remember. And then it. it just disappeared. And it's like something happened. And I don't they know. They saw how Michael Sam's draft status dropped five rounds. That was and after everything else. That was after all. He, they were. No, gonna, I know that was after. They were waiting to come out together the I year know. before that happened. I know. 
I, I'm just saying what, like, they were, but it was going to be, like, in, in immediate. And then one of them or two of them or three of them or all four of them decided they didn't. So it's, like, it's still broken. I think, of course, it's still broken. I think one or two of them probably backed, backed out. out a little bit. And then the other two might have said, we'll still do it. But then they saw... But Michael like, Sam, and now they, they are out? now they are at the back yes, of the closet. Exactly, and so that's what I. They think. are next to that ugly shirt in those shitty shoes. I think that's what happens. Unfortunately, if you know, if he is not forgiven, he is. Um, it, it could, he, yeah, scapegoat, whatever. It's a product of the business he works in is very, very bad in this. Yeah, I think not forgiving him though helps nobody. Who does it help? No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, if he could like go be, he's in a he's in a Chicago with which he's, I mean a city which has Boys Town, you know, like one of the largest gay like presence of any city in America. So it's like you know he could go and do good things, and that's what he should go do. Yeah. He needs to go like volunteer somewhere. He needs to reach out. He needs to like maybe all the Blackhawks. Well, he'll be doing that in his next city because he's going to get bounced. And the Blackhawks have well, they're going to lose soon, so then he'll have lots of time well, to do hey, LGBT I wouldn't say that just awareness. Yet. We've come back from three one before. Uh, just get have him like be on Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right, we're now we're at the part where we in which we review a thirty for thirty. It's a new weekly segment here. Um, again, I want to apologize. Last week's Wednesday, last week's podcast, in which I reviewed um, the best there never was, which was a great thirty for thirty documentary about Marcus Dupree, is not on iTunes. I don't know what happened. All the other ones got loaded on iTunes. The the baseball show, which I'll be saving baseball talk for. Comedian Mike Bryanstein is going to be kind of my permanent co-host for a while, in which we do a I'm recap so glad of the we week don't in have baseball. To talk about baseball. Great, thanks, Megan. <laughs> For someone who wants to go into sports or wanted to, I always thought to myself, she knows two sports and that's it. I just don't want to talk baseball with you. Why? Because I'm so knowledgeable and I know everything. You just, Joe, come on. Those are two of the same things. too much. All right. Well, I give a fuck. That's all that matters. You sounded like Donald Trump (laughs) because I know good words. (laughs) Because I know know good words. I know everything. I'm knowledgeable and I know everything. Um, Yeah, I know I called myself on it though, by the way, which is a good move you like to do. I'll call myself on a mistake first and then you jump on it later. (laughs) Yep. Such a good friend. We are going to review the Duke Lacrosse 30 for 30, which is called Fantastic, Fantastic Lies. Lies. Oh, that was nice. We synced up. See, I like you again. Uh, I've always liked you. Sorry, Megan. I don't want you thinking otherwise. Now, I watched this just a couple hours ago, so it's fresh in my head, and uh, it's really good. It's good. I'd forgotten about the case, and we are doing our old podcast, I believe, weren't we, when that came out, or was think, that longer ago? No, I think we were. I don't know. I feel like it was longer ago of a story. We definitely like referenced it. I mean, it was like a cultural talking point for many, many years. Yes. People were wearing Duke lacrosse shirts. It's still a punchline. Yes. Uh, But for some reason, I, even all these years later, forgot that, spoiler alert, they were innocent. I forgot about that. Well, because the I think the way it was, fr- I didn't I didn't even forget. I never knew. I knew that like it disappeared, but I didn't know why. And I think that's probably why the documentary is so good. You're like, oh, yeah, you heard so much of the storm of like these dudes are fucking animal rich white kids that did this like terrible thing. And then it just kind of disappeared and you never really heard why. Because the reason you didn't hear why, because the press and the police fucked up so yeah, like, they're, they're not going to call themselves yeah, on I know it. that's what I can't stand there's no accountability they always want accountability from everybody else the press and the police department too sorry to say cop friends but then when they screw up there's rarely an apology yeah it's always you know there's one woman in it who writes a the columnist yeah, yeah she did apologize that's true um and then my like major takeaway from the whole is very I don't know how in depth you go into these reviews I go pretty pretty oh, in depth okay okay 
I'll just sit back. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll lead it off. So this is the second Duke documentary I've reviewed, <laughs> and both start off the same way. So when this one started, I was kind of like, oh, God, again with this. You were so mad. It at was me. just too fresh. Well, I was mad at other things. I wasn't really mad at you. Uh, they show, you know, like everything with Duke, they got to show, oh, these are rich kids well, from the Northeast to, the to have gone into the South. No, I understand why they did it, but as someone who's seen it so many just times, it's it. just annoying. Uh, yeah, you know, Duke being the, the Harvard of the South, and they're they're just the elitists and all this. They're assholes, basically. And how the town of Durham has the reputation of being like this poor, scumbag town. So it's kind of like this rich versus poor dynamic. And... Um, and then they show the lacrosse team and how it's very successful at Duke and they were top ranked and they had lost in the national championship just to see, just before. Then it cuts to them having this big stripper party. Now they keep saying exotic dancer. Like it was funny because there was a few times when like some official was talking and they wanted to say, and then this exotic that dancer, because they were in their brain, they're like, yeah. we don't say stripper anymore. We don't say stripper anymore. That, to me, I don't know, I just kind of I giggle at that a it's little like bit. It's like flight attendant. I know, it's like flight attendant. But they'll still say garbage man. Um, although some people start to say, what no, do you I call now? No, I think they sanitation worker. Sanitation worker. worker. <laughs> Anyhow. All right, and so. money. Yeah, anyway, there were some complaints. There's all these different stuff where, like, the strippers the strippers only dance for, like, five minutes because they're feeling threatened and all this. And one guy said, let's shove a broom up her ass and everything like that. So they're, they're painting that picture. Mm-hmm. So as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, yeah, is this going to be one of those, these scumbag pieces of shit do this horrible thing to a poor black woman and they're going to get away with her? Just a poor you woman in general. You even said this. You, like, looked at me like, oh, I can't believe you're making me watch this fucking thing where just these rich kids get away with it. And I'm like... I said, I think you need to start like paying attention because <laughs> you were also on your computer, and I'm like, Joe, this I is was gonna doing, get fucked up. I had a lot going this on. This is gonna get good. This is gonna get bad. Just so you know, I started watching this at 9:45 in the morning, okay? <laughs> and I had a lot of other things going on in my head that I didn't want to address because I wanted to stay happy and positive throughout this because I was in a bad mood just an hour and a half ago. That's a good sexual assault documentary. That'll start just time, get me right out of my yeah. depression, right? Um, yeah, no, so, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. There's a report that the one guy pulled her into the bathroom and said, sweetheart, you can't leave, which is almost kind of a line from a, a mafia movie, Bronx mm-hmm. Tale, now it's just can't leave, you know? And um, and so anyway, so now it becomes a big, huge thing. The DA starts ma- making national news, uh, starts appearing on national news shows. He is, like, adamant, well, justice will be done, and everything. Like, Why'd you give me a look like that? Oh, because I don't like him. Oh, I'm the DA. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got you. Yeah, the DA turns out to be a real I mean, scumbag. the way it's edited, obviously, it's like he's very showboat and, like, there's a the reason he's on TV. Yes. For personal gains. Totally. He had an election coming up yeah. and everything like that. Uh, so he picked this case because it was got him on Good Morning America. You know, this was the most O'Reilly Factor, yeah. Nancy Grace, you know, high profile case he's ever had in his career. And he was going to get the outcome he wanted. Evidence be damned. Regardless. This is what the narrative is. They're guilty. This is, they're the poster boys for what's wrong with America and uh, National College Athletics. You know, you got these rich kids playing lacrosse, which is such a rich kid sport, I feel like. Even though it doesn't, I don't know, is it is. any more rich than hockey or football, though? No, there's like there's like Harlem leagues and stuff. Um, it's interesting because it's like, and I meant that as like, there's black people that play too. Um, it like almost mirrors making a murderer at some points, but like opposite because it's like rich, 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 fuck you, poor, 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 also fuck you. Like that's basically totally. the split. It's like if, and and it yeah okay that's it. No, I got you. You know you're right <laughs> on with that. And and no, I understand why it's it fits. They try to fit the same narrative. I don't know. You know Christian Lehner obviously at a way smaller level because it's you know you just hated him for other reasons, not because you thought he was a rapist. But it did. I think is 
there are so many cases where the, the football player gets away with it or it's some small town. I watched. Whether it's Steubenville, Ohio, that horrible case. Yeah. So I think he was jumping on that money train in a sense in which it's like, all right, this is how I'm going to make my name as this. Like he was thinking, he was thinking beyond DA. Yeah. He was thinking I'm going to be a senator if I get this right. He, um, the, I, I don't, I don't think that instinct is wrong. Um, I think they even say in it, it's like 95% of people that are accused of sexual assault do it, which is like even lower than anyone, any other crime. Like it's, it's people like think it's like, oh, it's made up a lot. It's like, it's made up lower than any other crime is made up. Um, because it's not fun to make it up. I mean, this woman's life is ruined. Um, I watched this documentary after this. I had a real sexual assault on college campus week documentary wise last week called the hunting ground. And they interviewed the Jameis Winston survivor and no one fucking I mean, she was run out of town and the opposite thing happened to her. They sat on everything and they didn't pursue any of the leads. He stayed in school. He's the number one draft pick. She was told by police, you, your life will be ruined. You will be run out of Tallahassee. And that's exactly what happened. So the instinct to behave the way that they did in the Duke thing is correct but there has to be some sort of due process when it comes to evidence. Yeah, that's my thing. I, I understand that. And you, yeah, because 95% typically the woman's telling the truth or the victim or whoever's telling the truth in these cases. So that doesn't mean, though, that you need to be gun. I mean, yeah, you should want justice. Take every case where it's like, I want to get to the bottom of it. But for him to go around on these shows before arrests were made, before she identified people, that's really the scumbag level. And this DA, they need to know that they're, yeah, he wanted to be some crusader, but by being wrong, he hurts he those hurts, victims even more. Exactly. You know, he, did, that, he did worse, yeah, far more did. damage. Right, because then everyone's think. I mean, in the Jameis Winston case, there is evidence and they ignore it. And it's like, well, that, that, this is why people ignore it. And there's a guy who's on the Duke lacrosse team at the very end. He goes, the biggest tragedy through all of this is it makes it seem like sexual assault victims are lying. And they're not. Yeah, totally. And even the three guys, they, who declined to be interviewed, which I understand that. Their parents were on it, though. Their parents were on it. And it's like, that's probably a better representation. I mean, the thing for them, it's like, yeah, these are are all rich kids. Like, their parents are extremely well-spoken, well-connected. We're able to get them the best possible attorneys that money could buy. And that's why the one uh, accused player said uh, in a press conference after they were found innocent was that if they are going to do this to people who are, like, he wasn't saying, like, how dare they do this to us, but how bad is it for people who don't have the means to defend themselves like we did with, like, money for great attorneys and a defense and all that sort of thing? And then they, those three guys are now part of a thing called the Innocence Project in which they use DNA evidence to try to exonerate people who have been accused of crimes that they had nothing to do with. So, uh, yeah, the defense came up with this timeline proving that none of the guys were even at the party at the time, and there was Mm -hmm. just no window of it. Um, at first it's like, uh, at first when they start to go into Crystal's past, you're like, oh, I hope they're not doing this. Cause they always do that where they're like, she's mentally unstable, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it really did add up in the case in which, why this happened. And you feel bad for her even. They, and they even felt bad for her because they, they knew. They backed her into a corner yes, too. Yes. They, they knew the DA screwed yeah. her and the detectives on the case screwed her too. Yes. 
They had her do sort of um, like a computerized version of a lineup. And they didn't, like in a lineup that you see on like Law and Order or anything, it's like, here's six guys, five of them are not it, one of them is. They didn't do that. They gave her only Duke lacrosse players to pick from. Yes. So like, she, ba- I mean, they basically wanted her to pick one of them. Of course, yeah. It was bad. The biggest... Uh... They failed. The system failed the Duke lacrosse team. The system also very much failed her. The DA... The police department and Duke as a whole, they come out looking the worst in all this. Yeah. And the people besides the players themselves and their families, the guy I felt the most for was their coach. Yeah. Because their coach, from everything you see in the documentary, is just like a great guy. And like beloved by them. They loved, they were crying, they were in his in tears when he did announce that he was going to uh, resign, which I'm sure the school put the pressure on him yeah. to do that. Because why else would he have? Yeah. Uh, they end up having to forfeit the whole season at that point. They cancel the season. And uh, a, a, the, one of the mothers of the players, I believe it was one of the mothers, she made a great point. If this was the basketball team, would they have done this? If this was a member of the basketball team, would they have canceled the season? James Winston. Exactly. You know, because yeah. basketball makes money for the school. Yeah. I'm sure lacrosse does okay, but basketball is that's, that that's school. What, I mean, these basketball players and football players get away with it. They really do, and that's what's sad. And these guys didn't do it. And got fucked. I mean, it's it it it's infuriating. It's yeah. crazy because college campuses are the worst at prosecuting and like catching sexual assault. The worst. It really is quickly. I think it was the timing of what was going on in America at that time. But the protests outside of their house, mm-hmm. people were like putting posters on the outside. There was just. Really, I understand now why I hate hippies, even when hippies are right. The, they're, the singing and, and the, the music is pretty terrible. Candles? They, they were really, I understand totally why hippies are like, everyone's like, look at these scumbags. They play shitty music. And they, now, could you guys take a shower and learn a melody? And then everyone would get behind your cause a little bit more? Am I just sounding like an old asshole now? No, no, no. I, it really was annoying me because I'm like, even if you're right, I think you guys are doing a horrible yeah. thing. People are holding up signs that say castrate them. Well, Nothing had, no one had been arrested yet. No, there was just, it was an assumption that this is what it is. They're reacting to the media. Yes. And like when people Fucking blame media. the media, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, it, they're fucked. Like it's a hundred percent valid that that was, that was how they were being portrayed in the media. And also the reason Jameis, there were not people outside of his house. There was none of that was because it, he wasn't portrayed that way in the media. If you ask anyone on the street, oh, have you ever heard Jameis Winston's a bad dude? The first two things they'll say is, didn't he steal crab legs? And didn't he like hop on a table and yell, fuck the pussy or something? People don't even realize that he was involved in a very intense and long sexual assault investigation with multiple women. Three women, other two victims have come out since this woman's life has been ruined. But not, but it's, and the media picks and chooses. They and show, crab legs and yelling, fuck that pussy. That's a, not even that bad a guy. That's something your brother would do. They show, not yours, but no. a brother. They show an ESPN clip of Stephen A. Smith, who is clearly a monster, and also Skip Bayless, also a monster, when the charges were like, I think, it, um, first like came out. And they're talking about what a shame it is that this is happening to this young man. That's just and that's so it's despicable. like this is your job. This is your job to have an to have facts and opinions, and you are and you are wrong. You don't have you don't have the facts, and your opinion is wrong. 
we'll we'll wrap it up on this because it really is shameful the way the media is because they're showing no signs of remorse, showing no signs of getting better. I think about it's all worse. it's getting worse. All the documentaries you talked about making a murder, that documentary about Kurt Cobain soaked in bleach about his murder shows how the media could really push a narrative, and you see it in this documentary, and you see it in our primaries. Like the media wants Trump versus Clinton, so those are the two people they're going to cover the most. It's just it's getting. To the point where I think our generation is going to become a bunch of people who are, are like our parents' generation are going to look at us like, what are you guys, a bunch of conspiracy theorists? You don't mm-hmm. read newspapers anymore? Like, and like no, we don't because it's lies and it's bullshit. And we can't trust it. And it happened just again yesterday. Yesterday, a report came out that the St. Louis Cardinals fans were yelling the N-word at former Cardinal, current Chicago Cub, Jason Hayward. Guess what, Megan? I think I told you about that during the day. Yeah. Not true. Didn't Not happen. true. Jason Hayward himself said, I didn't hear anything. And then they're like, well, it's ESPN audio. ESPN then went through the whole audio of the game. Nothing. Some New York Post reporter assumed it, said it. Assumed it. I, I, well, or just lied. He just lied because there's no, there no evidence at all that any St. Louis Cardinal fans yelled the N-word at Jason Hayward. None. And so many people went running around going, typical Cardinals fans. I did. I'm I guilty know. of it. And now I need to know, and I need I need to not be a hypocrite. And I'm going to hear, when I hear these stories, I'm just going to say, let's hear the evidence first. We saw that with the Patrick Kane story before the NHL season started. There's just a lot of things where we are just too quick. Everyone wants to be the first. It's the sickness that happens with the media and in our social media society, where it's like, I want to be the first to report something because I want the likes. I miss news. I want room. the shares. Newsroom was a good show that other liberals started to hate for some reason in the I final liked season. I kind of. I liked it. It was a good show. I think I want Jeff Daniels to be a newsman, for real. Yeah. He's a good voice, and he could act like he's got diarrhea real well, too. Dumb and Dumber. Great movie. Holds up. All right. Uh, Megan's going to be in Madison in a couple weeks. No, in like a month. What, mid-June? No, in like three months. <laughs> in three like months. July. All right. Well, follow I her on Twitter. I just that in because we were, we were talking about Madison. Talking about no. Madison in such a glowing way. It's a good promo. I liked it. Uh, that's been the podcast. Again, uh, write us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way. You can follow Megan on Twitter at Megan Gailey, myself at Joe Kilgallen, on the podcast at Comedy Sports. And what else? Anything else, Megan? Go Pacers. Boom, right. baby. Go Blackhawks. Go Cubs. Thanks for listening to Comedians Talking Sports.